The live opinions, descriptions, and accounts expressed on the Best of Times Radio Hour are those of the hosts and the guests of this show, and not necessarily those of Town Square Media or this station. Consult with your attorney, accountant, or other professional for final advice in making your decision. The Best of Times, live from 710 Keel Studios in Shreveport, Louisiana. Celebrating age and maturity. Helping you make the best years of your life the best they can be. The best of times. Your host, Gary Coligas. Good morning, Architects listeners. I'm Gary Coligas, the publisher of The Best of Times, the only news magazine for mature adults in northwest Louisiana. Thank you for tuning into our show today. In just a few minutes, we're going to learn about a publishing of a recent historical book about a situation that occurred in Greece during World War II, which many are not aware of due to destroyed records. But this information has recently surfaced, and it deems with a miracle that happened on the island of Zakynthos. So stay to the show for some interesting information about this book and about the miracle. It is Saturday, June the 4th, and we are broadcasting our radio show today from the studios of News Radio 710 Keel, a town square media station here in Shreveport, Louisiana. However, today's show has been pre-recorded, so we will be unable to accept calling questions and comments from our loyal radio listeners. Be sure to pick up the June issue of the Best of Times at one of our 522 distribution locations. We do thank you for your compliments about our magazine. We do appreciate hearing from you. If you're unable to find a current copy of our magazine. Remember, you can log on to our website at www.thebestoftimesnews.com to view current and past issues. Remember to log on to our website at www.thebestoftimesnews.com for listening announcements made during today's radio show, as well as information about upcoming events, activities, and news that you can use. We'll be right back with more information, but now a word from our sponsors and advertisers who make this radio show possible. You're listening to the Best of Times Radio Hour here on News Radio 710 Keel. Proudly presented by A Bears Tenant Country of Shreveport, your Dodge, Chrysler Ram, and Jeep dealers. Gary's got more of the best of times coming for you on 710 Kiel. Now, back to the best of times with your host, Gary Coligas. Welcome back to our show, the best of times radio hour, proudly presented by A Bears Tenant Country of Shreveport, your Dodge, Chrysler, Ram, and Jeep dealer. I'm Gary Coligas. I do thank you for listening to our show today and also thanking those who might be listening via the internet at www.710keel.com. Joining me on my show today is a very special guest, is Mr. Dino Cedar, who is the author of a historical book called The Miracle at Zakynthos. Thank you, Dino, for joining us today here on the Best of Times Radio Hour. Oh, thank you for having me, Gary. Before we talk about this very little-known happening that occurred in Greece during World War II, I, I, I want to talk to you about your past in Shreveport, because I know a lot of a lot of um, the fellow uh, St. George Greek Orthodox Church and other members throughout the area might be listening to today's show. And, uh, you know, I cherish, I'm going to put kudos on you, First of all, is when I was a younger young person and you were a little bit older than me, I always looked up to you. That's because you were much shorter than me. Very true, Dita. Boy, you're really good. He's good, Angela. Isn't he? I was shorter, but he was Angela. He was the astute musician that I always wanted to be like, uh, and he was very um, enunciating. How, how could I say that word correctly? You were you were a great presenter even back then. Uh, and I was not that articulate, 
but I, I learned a lot from you. And by the way, his parents, uh, his dad was uh, the parish priest of St. George for, for many years and, very, and, and looked up to him and his uh, mom. Uh, was a Sunday school teacher and devoted Presbyterian in the area. And, uh, it was astounding uh, how much he influenced me, but the many, many thousands of people in, in our area. So, again, I, again, those are great memories, and we cherish those memories. Yeah, I do, too, and share them, and thank you so much for the kind words. So, again, we miss you from this area. I know that you're now in the exciting Washington, D.C. and Alexandria area, right? Right, that is correct. You've been, on the Maryland side, yeah. You've been there for a number of years, and uh, you do uh, a number. Tell, tell us what, what you have been involved in. Well, over the years, uh, I've been involved in uh, uh, several areas. Uh, one is the political arena. I've been involved in working with various candidates and causes and associations, advocacy groups, um, organizations that are involved in public policy and influencing uh, government officials in Congress and also involved in uh, uh, an arts foundation with my wife um, and uh, and writing a few books here and there. Well, that's that's remarkable. Today we're going to talk about one of those books. And, um, and toward the end, don't let me forget to mention to our listeners some of the other books that you, that you have written or co-written and uh, to share those with us as well. So the book we're going to talk about today is The Miracle is Zakintho. So tell us what is it about this particular book. Uh, this book is the story of, um, well, it's an untold story actually, of uh, of an event, a series of events that happened on the island of Zakynthos off the western coast of Greece in the Ionian Sea during World War II. Um, it's it's a story of of, of courage and humanity and uh, empathy. Uh, basically, it's it's the story of uh, of a bishop, uh, the bishop on the island Chrysostomos, and the mayor Lucas Carrere who were commanded by the uh, local Nazi officials to deliver a list of all the Jews on the island. There were, there were 275 Jews on the island. And uh, the commander, a fellow by the name of Alfredo Litt, uh, insisted that, uh, that the, the bishop and the mayor provide this list of all the Jews, and he gave them 72 hours to, to, to provide the list. Well, uh, Bearing in mind that that, uh, that during World War II, nearly 90% of all the Greek Jews perished. Um, wow, then I, when I read that, 90%. Yeah, it's, it's alarming. So they, they were serious. I mean, they wanted to uh, round up all the Jews on this island and, and all the islands in the mainland and send send them uh, by train to uh, Auschwitz and Birkenau. Uh, but the, the bishop was, was, as I say, was given 72 hours to come up with the list, so... Uh, three days passed, and he came back to the commander and said, "Here are your Jews. Here's your list," um, and gave him the list. But on the list were only two names: those of the bishop and the mayor. Um, and needless to say, the commander was not happy with that. Um, the bishop and the mayor had organized. Um, an exodus of all the Jewish families. Uh, they 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 packed them up and and took them to the remote mountain villages where they were hidden by Greek Christian families uh, for the duration of the war. 
and that's the the essence. That's the storyline of this of this book. And it was longer. I mean, we're talking not just a, a few weeks. It was in, in mass. Oh yeah, some of it was a couple of years, two two years, two and a half years. And, yeah. And uh, it's it's a fascinating. So how did you come about writing this book? I mean, you probably well, yeah, heard that, the stories. I have never heard the story since I. No, picked I had neither. I had neither. And 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 people often ask me that. And I mean, they. I'm not a historian. I'm not a scholar or academic or anything. But uh, but so so uh, so here's the backstory. I I was uh, about 20 years ago. My wife and I were in uh, Jerusalem at the Yad Vashem Holocaust Center. Uh, we were organizing an exhibition of Hungarian Holocaust-related artwork, and my wife is, is Hungarian and Jewish. And so while we were there, I came across a very moving memorial to the righteous among the nations from from Greece uh, and other countries, but I was particularly interested in, in the ones from Greece being Greek. Um, and so I noticed that um, as I was going through the names, um, I, I, I noticed there were there were two names from the island of Zakynthos, and uh, I, I briefly read their story, and it was uh, it was a very emotional moment for me to to see Greek names and people that that maybe I was related to, but certainly people from my ancestors and, and their families who a couple of generations ago. Uh, did these courageous things, and I, I, I was determined at that point to to tell the story and, and maybe focus on Zakynthos and uh, and tell the story of the bishop and the mayor. So that that, ins- that, that inspired you to start collecting the information, and wow, it must have been a yeah. tremendous research. Well, yeah, it was. It was. <laughs> it, it took a few years to to put things together, uh, but the research part of it was was was. Um, challenging because as I, I started to do the research, I was really discouraged at first because I, I learned that the island had been essentially totally destroyed in 1953 by a series of earthquakes and subsequent fires, which which destroyed all of the books and newspapers and diaries and archives on the island. Uh, there was nothing left, so there there, there was nothing. To read about, uh, other than some official documents, uh, but that didn't tell the story. So uh, for a couple of years, I I kind of let it go, sadly. Um, but then uh, a friend told me that that she had heard there was a diary that the bishop's brother-in-law had kept wow. during the war. And I said, "Wow, I've got to find that." So I I called some friends in Greece and. Uh, found out that there were yeah there were two or three of them that were that were actually published. Lo and behold, I find one at the Library of Congress here in Washington. <laughs> it was 500 pages, of course in Greek. Uh, so I, uh, uh, my Greek uh, is 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 uh, minimal. So I got a friend to translate it for me, and that was very helpful. Um, and then I I. Um, did some more research and found there were some a dozen or so survivor testimonies on videotape that had been done by Steven Spielberg and the Shoah Foundation in, in Los Angeles. Um, so I got those, those, uh, and I got some from the Yad Vashem, a couple from the Holocaust Museum, one or two from New York, 
Um, they were in Greek and Hebrew, so I had those translated. So now I had uh, real testimony from people who lived on the island who were young people, children, and teenagers, but who nonetheless uh, provided their testimony, their recollections of, of life on the island and what it was like to to live in an occupied um, area by an enemy and uh, and be protected and saved by the Greek Christian population. So, um, so it winds up being a historical narrative told in part through the um, memories of the people who actually survived the Holocaust in Greece, and, and I'm really indebted to those people who who took the time. Uh, in many cases, the, the painful, uh, difficult. Uh, experience to have to uh, recollect. Well, in recollecting that, I'm sure there's a lot of ty- uh, tears and, and, and negative thoughts, but but there's going to be some positive thoughts. Of those will be rem- those individuals will be remembered for their heroics, as well as uh, as well as the the bishop and others. But all the other uh, people that helped save those 275 um, Jewish Greek citizens that were in that area uh, from 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 the Holocaust situation. Absolutely, on, on both sides, and in fact, the. the, the the third part of the research uh, was that, that my wife and I actually went to the island um, during the research phase and and uh, hired a guide and went up into the remote mountain villages and talked to some of the old older Greek Christian families, uh, people who were in their late 80s and 90s, and asked them about their experiences. And it was just fascinating to hear from them uh, in, in crystal clarity, their recollections of of protecting and hiding Jewish families during the war, and I mean, th- their stories were really moving. I mean, listening to them, they, they said no one had ever asked them to talk about the war, and uh, they were there with their children and their grandchildren, and uh, were sitting in a, in a living room of a house. They were so gracious; they they brought us coffee and. Um, and, and Greek uh, pastries, and as they told the stories about how they were hiding these Jews, they had never seen a Jew before. They they kind of knew what a Jew was, but had never, ever met a Jewish person. But they just felt that it was their responsibility to protect these people. Um, and as they were telling these stories, there was not a dry eye in the room. And, um, How touching. Oh, it was it was so moving, and to be on a remote mountaintop on an island in Greece, listening to a 90-year-old tell you a story of something that happened 70 years ago, where they risked their lives to save somebody they didn't even know. They hardly, yeah, they hardly knew, and they didn't know the outcome of that. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, going, let's let's go back a little bit here. I, I think my listeners want to know why did you call pick the title "Miracle" as Zakynthos? Why is it a miracle? Yeah. Well, well. First of all, I thought that that it was kind of miraculous that all these people were saved when 90% of the Greek Jews perished, yet on this island they were all saved. And then as, as I was writing, I thought, my God, you know, maybe the, another miracle is that not one of the 42,000 Greek Christians on the island ever said a word to the Nazis about where the Jews were hiding. And tell them, there's 42,000? 42, 42,000 people on that island. It was a large island. 
and nobody said a word and and everybody knew where where the Jews were hiding everybody knew where they lived everybody knew where they were where they went uh, you know so it was it was not a big secret among the Greek Christians and yet of those 42,000 people not one person said one word over over the entire duration of the occupation so that's kind of a miracle too to me and that I'm sure aggravated the uh, staunch Nazis that were in that particular area. Correct? Yeah, I mean, it was a it was a it was a really intense interaction between the the Nazi uh, officials and the bishop. The bishop had had interestingly studied in Munich, so he spoke German. Yes. So he had he had a relationship with the commander, so they could communicate. Um, but but the bishop he was not just some poor semi-literate island cleric he was a man with a PhD and a degree in philosophy uh, spoke five languages had read the classics I mean he was he was an intellectual giant and he was a real wily negotiator so uh, and and the mayor along with him um, so the two of them were a real force to be reckoned with. Um, and the Nazis knew it, uh, so they were they didn't know exactly how to deal with this guy. Now, back to the best of times with your host, Gary Coligas. Welcome back to our show, the best of times radio hour, proudly presented by A-Bears, Stunning Country of Shreveport, your Dodge, Chrysler, Ram, and Jeep dealer. Joining me on my show today is Dino Cedar, the author of a historical book called The Miracle at Zakynthos. And this is about a little known happening that occurred during in Greece in World War II that is described as the only Greek-Jewish community saved in its entirety from annihilation during World War II. So thank you, Dino, for joining us today here on the Best of Times Radio Hour. Thank you, Gary. So uh, what what is your essential message of this book? I think that uh, I found it fascinating. I've actually read it twice, and more the second time I read it, I learned even more in-depth, and I did do some follow-up research, which I think it makes us all do. Sometimes when we read historical books, we, we, we look further, and wow, there's, there's some, a lot of interesting uh, research and items that just got my, uh, got my brain moving. I think uh, the essential message is that uh, there comes a time in some people's lives in the course of history that you're called upon to make a decision. And the decision may be one that threatens your own life because of the danger and the circumstances, but that you have to make a decision. And the decision facing the bishop and the mayor and the, and the Greek Christian people of Zakynthos was, do, do we risk our lives to save our Jewish neighbors or not? And so they did. And so I think the message is that in life you have to make decisions. And in this case, uh, a group of people made a decision that reflected their courage and their humanity and their love and their empathy for their their friends and neighbors. And even though these most of these Greeks were Christians, they wanted to take their risk to save their Greek Christian compatriots, right? That's right. And um, I, I think the lesson there is is something that I'm hopeful that 
can be shared not only with the adults who read the book, but with young adults who who, who read the book and, and know the story and can learn lessons from the the uh, Holocaust. Well, going, let's go a little bit outside this book. Were there other instances that we know of, that you know of, that, that, that Orthodox Christians and other Christians helped risk their lives to save Jews? Well, there, there were many. Um, and, and uh, I mean, uh, on the mainland in Athens, uh, the Archbishop Damaskinos did uh, a tremendous amount of, of, of work to, to protect and save Jews. Uh, he was... Um, both he and, and Chrysostomos and many of the Greek Orthodox priests uh, uh, prepared false baptismal certificates and fake uh, birth certificates. They, uh, for the Jews, they they hid the children in orphanages and convents, uh, and even in even in the churches. So there were many examples uh, throughout Greece of of, uh, of the Greek bishops and priests uh, risking their lives to save Jews. Yeah. So, Dino, why in your book you have, um, how did you outline this book? I thought it was very interesting. You, you have the, the first chapter, Will I See You Tomorrow? I thought that was a real touching scenario to start off with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a line uh, by uh, uh, Erkanas Cezana. He was a Greek Jew, and I think he was around 12 years old. And uh, in his interview, he said that every night he would go to bed and uh, uh, and and uh, say sort of a prayer um, as the sun was going down, and and it was, "Will I see you tomorrow? Will there be a tomorrow?" Because he he knew what life was like um, for the Jews on the island, uh, and so I. I used that as the title for that chapter, but there were many instances where the uh, testimony of the survivors that we listened to and saw uh, gave us gave us a lot of ideas for, for the book. And um, you know, I think without their without their testimonies, I don't think I could have written this book. And you also bring up the book, the fact about the Greek resistance and fighting against the Nazis, unlike other countries, weren't really, they just gave in, you might say. Uh, and Hitler was very uh, mad about this type of, of uh, resistance, wasn't he, and his generals? I, I would think so. Um, <laughs> I would think so. Um, and it was it was part of the ethos of the Orthodox faith at the time, and uh, you know when an, when an entire faith has a certain belief, and and part of that belief is the commitment to to your fellow man to protect them, uh, then that makes that makes the the work of of the Nazis uh, much more difficult. And they just didn't comply with all the various demands that were made of the Greeks and the officials there. They just didn't, just forthgoing, right? Yeah, they, they did not. I mean, it was not, they were, they were not going to comply. Uh, they, they, were, they were just, they were going to fight it. And, and they did, and, and I, I don't, I don't remember the statistics, but but a number of Greek priests and bishops were killed or imprisoned as, as a result of their efforts. So, so again, this this miracle was 
do we remember? I don't remember in the book. Was was it an initial thought, or did it start from the beginning from the bishop and, and the city official in Zakynthos? Well, was yeah, I, I, uh, that, that was something I I wanted to find out myself because I, I didn't know how did this come to be. So I wrote and talked to a number of Greek. Uh, scholars and holy men, and one in particular, Father Stanley Herakas, who who I knew growing up. Growing up, um, he was the dean of the uh, Orthodox Seminary at, in Belmont, Massachusetts, and, and a man I, at Brookline, and uh, a man I had admired for years and years. And so I called him. Um, he's way up in his 80s now. He retired, and I said, Father, how is it that that this Greek Orthodox Church in Greece 70 years ago um, did this. Why, why did they do it? And he explained to me that it was part of the Orthodox ethos in that the church was uh, was not just canon law or a faith built upon uh, um, a belief in salvation and a belief in doctrine and a, a literal interpretation of the Bible or any of that. Yes, certainly some of that, but not exclusively that, but rather that the church was a social institution and that there was a this um, ethos of, of caring and loving and compassion for other human beings, regardless who they are, and that, in fact, um, that's what the driving force was, that that it was a living faith. It was a faith that you had to practice, not just preach, not preach, not just believe in and read about, but actually practice. And so the priests and the bishops in Greece, in fact, Chrysostomos used to tell his parishioners, if you're a good Christian, save a Jew. That's what our faith is. These people, their lives are being threatened. And we're, if we're good Christians, we have to save them. That's what we do. That's who we are. So that that's what the ethos was, and um, that's what it was 70 years ago, and I like to think that's what it still is today. Um, and, you know, I read uh, what's going on in Lesbos and, pe- and places like that where, where the, the, these, these poor, impoverished uh, Greek villagers are, are uh, uh, dealing with the immigrants, and, and it seems like... And, Parts of Greece, the ethos still prevails. It still does prevail. Yeah, whereas honestly, in other parts, it uh, it, it does not prevail. Sadly, well, in re- parts of Greece. In reading your book, it it also brought to mind which you do reference. We won't go into great detail, but I want you. To, what about other leaders of other religious organizations throughout the world and in that in, in Europe? What did they do? Did they do anything similar? Um, yeah. I mean, there were a lot of instances where uh, uh, priests and bishops in other parts of Europe risked their lives as well uh, to, to protect people. Uh, but sadly, there were many instances where, where people uh, people did not. And in fact, they were, they were complicit and, and cooperated with the Nazis. Well, and and that was sad. Hopefully, more and more would have stood up, like they did, you know, in many parts of of, of Greece. Um, and I, I'm I'm just thinking of the my family is from uh, Kefalonia, and how they stood up initially. Uh, well, I would say 
when the Italians came and invaded the island during World War II, uh, they were complacent with them. They were friendly with them because they had always known them for many, many years. But the Nazis decided that they weren't being treated harshly enough, so they came in and took over the particular uh, area and caused major chaos. But, of course, the resistant fighters were very diligent in that, er- in that neck of the woods. Yeah, that's exactly correct. I mean, the 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 the, the, the Greek resistance, the guerrillas, they they were they were amazing. They were very courageous and and treacherous. Um, but the, the, the Kefalonia, you can see Kefalonia from Zakynthos is very right. near, close, and and the Italian occupation was harsh, no question about it. But um, but the German occupation was horrific, um, and so there were many instances where the Greeks and the Italians actually coexisted um, without any any terrible violence or treachery. But when the Nazis came in, that that changed everything. But, you know, you were talking about uh, how, asking about how other church leaders uh, reacted. And, and, I mean, that's another book, but <laughs> just in my research, tangentially, I, I out of interest, I read many cases, but sadly, there were cases even within the Orthodox Church in um, other countries where where the church leaders did not do what they could have. For example, in Serbia, the Orthodox Church um, collaborated with the the puppet government uh, so as to not, for example issue false baptismal certificates and fake um, birth certificates like they did in Greece. And that just basically sentenced a lot of Jews to death. Uh, because in the countries where they had these fake certificates, they could they could pass as Christian. Right. Um, so sadly, that was a were, daring, daring aspect. Very smart. Whoever, whoever thought of that, doing that and implementing that, that was quite. Oh, it, it was it quite was the there was, a, there was a young priest and his wife, who, whom they call a presbytera, in Zakynthos, and uh, uh, the, the, the presbytera, the wife would 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 type up the documents. Um, and put the names in there, and then the priest would forge uh, a de- an old, older or dead priest's name on there and deliver them to the Jewish families, along with changing their names. And, and in the I book, I, yeah, yeah, you mentioned the changing the name is critical. <laughs> yeah, they they changed the names from a sort of a Jewish sounding name to a, to a, a Greek Christian sounding name. Um, but you know, I mean, if they got caught doing that, they're both dead. So that was just amazing. But they were also smart, Dino, in putting an older priest, a deceased priest, many years ago, so they couldn't interrogate that right. priest that you remember so-and-so exactly. in his baptism. Exactly. And yeah. uh, he's yeah. not here. Nobody can, can say. He, you know, We know he's baptized, but he's no longer here uh, with us here <laughs> yeah, on Earth. He's been right? gone for years. Right, right. But excellent. I mean, the, 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 the thought process there was, was very good. But uh, But... Emphasize the fact that the bishop, his apropos with Nazis leaders, both in Germany and locally, they spoke Greek, that he studied there, right? He, he had a lot of uh, knowledge of their, of their thinking, you might say. Right? I think he must have. I mean, he was a student of history and philosophy, 
And according to his brother-in-law's diary, uh, he actually briefly met Adolf Hitler. Wow, yes. I don't know if it was in Vienna or if it was in Germany, but uh, he said he met Adolf Hitler um, and talked briefly to him uh, back in the early 30s. Um, and uh, actually saw his artwork. Hitler was an aspiring artist. And the the one remark that the bishop made to his brother-in-law, which was recorded in the diary, that he said uh, he was was interested to note that in none of Hitler's paintings were there any people. Oh, yes, you mentioned that. Wow. Yeah. And I wonder why the reason that is. We don't know. (laughs) (laughs) We can speculate, right? Yeah, yeah. But didn't also, I think in the book you mentioned, it's it's been a while since I remember reading it, there was some interaction between the bishop and the hierarchy, the higher officials? Well, after, um, yes, after the submission of the list of Jews, the two names, um, uh, the, the Nazi commander said uh, the bishop uh, told him that uh, that he he would take care of the Jews. He, the bishop, would take care of the Jews. They were no threat, and that uh, that because he had met Hitler, he would like to uh, prepare a letter to send to the Führer um, uh, that would describe his relationship with the Jews and uh, ask for uh, the permission to to take care of the Jews, or however he phrased it. The commander then said, because of his uh, knowledge of the language and the fact that he had met the Fuhrer, that yes, he would forward the letter to Adolf Hitler. We don't know if he did or, or, or what happened at that point. But, but you know, so, so the, the bishop was playing... <laughs> playing his best hand and uh, had a a whole strategy, but at the same time, uh, he was perceptive enough um, to know that he could not trust the Nazis. So he insisted that all the Jewish families get into the remote mountain villages as soon as possible uh, because he, he believed the Nazis were treacherous and that their plan was to to uh, remove all the Jews from the island. So he, under cover of night, many cases, they were frantically trying to relocate uh, all the Jewish families into the mountains. We'll be right back with more information, but now a word from our sponsors and advertisers who make this radio show possible. You're listening to the Best of Times Radio Hour here on News Radio 710 Keel, proudly presented by A Bears, Sending Country of Shreveport, your Dodge, Chrysler Ram, and Jeep Deal. Gary's got more of the best of times coming for you on 710 Keel. Now, back to the best of times with your host, Gary Coligas. Welcome back to our show, the best of times radio hour, proudly presented by A-Bears, tenant country of Shreveport, your Dodge, Chrysler Ram, and Jeep dealer. I'm Gary Coligas, so thank you for listening to our show today. Joining me on my show as a special guest is Mr. Dino Cedar, who is the author of a historical book called The Miracle of Sakinthos. So tell our listeners a little bit, a, a, a summary of this book, and why should they read this for them or their family members I think it's a it's a an inspiring story it inspired me enough to to research it and write about it uh, but but essentially it's a story of of how 
two men and their their fellow Christians on a Greek island during World War II risked their lives to save their Jewish neighbors. Um, and it, it uh, imparts a, a lesson of, of uh, morality, courage, ethical behavior, empathy, and uh, and other qualities that uh, that are timeless and necessary, especially in today's world. And, you know, as you mentioned, there was a, a severe earthquake that happened in 1953 in this particular island that many of the documents and and descriptions and information were lost and luckily you and others have gathered research through interviews and this diary that was found uh, helped to be the basis of this particular book to to keep this story passed down from generation to generation that's right and and thankfully uh, uh, the the survivors of that uh, that horrific period of, of uh, world history or were gracious enough to tell their stories uh, so that uh, future generations can, can hear what happened and learn from it. Well, and that's the important thing, you know, telling the family stories, telling these stories. Maybe some some people say, well, why why do you harp on World War II stories, and why do you harp upon on, on the Holocaust? And all? well, I, I think it's it's an education. Some of our young people and people need to, need to understand that the trials and tribulations that that and individuals went through in this particular area and the hero the uh, the heroic aspects that were taken, especially in this particular scenario. That I mean, yes. Some people are going to say that 275 is just a few people, but it, it's better. One is better than none, right? One is better than none, and and I think that that young people uh, need to understand we learn from history, and and if we don't, we're doomed to repeat it. To paraphrase, but um, I think lessons of of ethical behavior and morality, uh, and and simple kindness. And, and empathy and qualities like that uh, are, are things that need to be shared and taught and passed on, whether you're a religious person or not. Right. Uh, that's that. Uh, those are those are human qualities that uh, that we all should should have, especially and, and impart them to our to our younger generations. In your book, you bring up an aspect I haven't remember reading about her. It's Princess Alice. Tell our listeners a little bit about who she was and what she did during during World War II. Well, Princess Alice was an amazing human being. She was uh, one of the great-granddaughters of Queen Victoria. Queen Victoria. Okay. She was the mother of Prince Philip, and she was the... Princess of Greece and Denmark. She married the the prince, the son of of, of, of the Greek king. Um, while her family was in self-imposed exile in, in Egypt during the war, she decided to stay in Athens and was living in an apartment directly across the street from the archbishop. And she devoted herself to uh, helping her Jewish neighbors. Uh, she was a real character. She could be seen roaming the streets of Athens on a motorcycle with a cigarette dangling from her lips. She <laughs> delivered uh, supplies uh, and food to to uh, uh, Jewish families and children that were hiding out in or, uh, orphanages and convents. Um, and then she uh, she became uh, actually became a, an Orthodox nun wow, and uh, set up soup kitchens uh, uh, for for uh, for. Uh, Jewish families and and 
was also instrumental in um, in getting uh, Sweden and the Red Cross to to send uh, fuel uh, that she would distribute uh, to people who needed it. Uh, she was an amazing character. She can be seen in historical photographs of Queen Elizabeth um, and and Prince Charles, and she's in the background. Um, you can see a, a, a small nun in a black habit smoking a cigarette in the background. That was Princess Alice. Amazing. An amazing, amazing character. But during the war, I don't remember recalling in the book, did the, did the Nazi, the German officials, know all about her? They knew about her, and the Gestapo visited her occasionally as they visited uh, uh, Archbishop Damaskinos just to check in on them. Uh, and they they never found the family of four that she was hiding in her apartment. She had a fairly large apartment. Whoa. Uh, but she, she, she had a family of four Jewish people uh, in her apartment for about a year. They never found that. They, they would have killed her right away on the spot. Um uh, but uh, there was no deference given to princesses or bishops or anybody. But she she was the character. I mean, uh, uh, she was the just when I when I learned I didn't know about her. When I learned about her, I said, "Wow!" I, and it's just uh, uh, Prince Charles's uh, uh, mother, right? I met Prince Philip's mother, um, and uh, great granddaughter of Queen Victoria, and she was there. Yeah. Well, Daniel, Maybe. that could be a, a new sideline uh, book that you should write in, in the near future. Yeah, yeah, she's I, I, worthy of a book. I think that would be. I, I was not aware of it till I till I read read your book. I might have remembered the name, but yeah. did not re- know all all of her, how she played a part uh, during World War II, especially in the Greek area. So, are you thinking about making a movie about this book, The Miracle of Zakynthos? Uh, we are thinking about it. We are in development. Uh, oh. We're talking to studios. Uh, of course, in development is film speak for we'd like to make a movie but just need $40 million. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, yeah, these things take time, but, but there is a lot of interest in, in the film, in the book, and uh, hopefully one day it'll come to a theater near you. Well, I highly recommend it to my listeners out there to pick up a copy. You can visit our website. I have it loaded on our website. You can also um, go to various websites um, on the Amazon.com and, and as well as other websites to download this book. The book is called The Miracle at Zakynthos. And, um, again, you can go to our website at thebestoftimesnews.com to um, order your copy. It's a fantastic book, and hopefully you can share it with your friends. I've been encouraging a lot of my Jewish friends throughout the area to to learn about this particular story, and a couple of them uh, have did remember this uh, surprisingly, which was I was totally honored that they knew about this uh, heroic efforts by a little island in the country of Greece in saving an entire Jewish community from the Holocaust. So thank you, Dino, for joining us today here on the Best of Times Radio Hour. Best wishes to you and your family. And again, thank you for appearing on our show and giving us a little insight about this wonderful historical book. Well, thank you very much, Gary, for the opportunity, and thanks to your listeners for tuning in. Oh, have a great day. Thank you. We'll be right back with more information, but now a word from our sponsors and advertisers who make this radio show possible. You're listening to the Best of Times Radio Hour here on News Radio 710 Keel, proudly presented by A Bears, Tenant Country F Report, your Dodge, Chrysler, Ram, and Jeep dealer. 
Gary's got more of the best of times coming for you on 710 Kiel. Thank you for listening to our show today. Don't forget to pick up your personal copy of the best of times at one of our 522 distribution locations. May God bless you and your family. God bless America. Have a great day and a great weekend. Thank you again for listening to our show. I'm Gary Caligas, wishing you and yours the best of times both today and every day. Have a great day. You've been listening to The Best of Times on 710 Kiel. Join us again next Saturday at 9 for The Best of Times. This is News Radio 710 Kiel, K E E L, Shreveport Motor.